Hi, welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, with you, my co-host, Clay Williams. Do you think Shame's going to be on Disney Plus now? Like, <laughs> it is. It, it's a Fox Searchlight. Right, film. yeah. It is Search. I mean, just Searchlight. Just. Oh, yeah. Searchlight no, now. No, yeah, Fox, no, 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 no Fox. No Fox. Fox. Can't say Fox yeah. anymore. Yeah. In this economy? As we first saw in the uh, French Dispatch trailer. That was weird, right? I forgot about that. Right? Anyway, Isn't that the, weird? Did the logo... Did they show, like, the actual, like, yeah, Fox just, Searchlight logo? Yeah. No, it's just Searchlight. That's not Spotlight, but Searchlight. <laughs> right. Imagine the messing that's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm very – I would love for Disney Plus to just add some quality content like this in an <laughs> NC-17 McQueen, film. The, Steve McQueen I, is, I, like, Avengers 5. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think every streaming service should have – uh, Michael Fassbender's dong just flopping <laughs> around. I think that's the required. I think each streaming service. Uh, Rebecca, you can talk anytime you want, by the way. Oh, right? I can talk? Oh my talk god, sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> well, Interrupt I feel us, like you please. guys were truly just like teasing me by even saying the word spotlight in my presence. Because <laughs> um, that, one, that one was covered, right? That's the only reason I'm not doing spotlight. Yes, yes, unfortunately. Who fucking Literally, who fucking dared take Spotlight from me? I'm the Spotlight queen. If there's one thing that you should know about me, is that I'm a Spotlight queen. What if I just, just like, take over this episode and just make it about Spotlight anyway? You watched the wrong wrong movie. (laughs) I love you some Spotlight. I'm like, oopsies, I threw in my DVD of Spotlight. What a a tragedy. Oh my god. What a great <sighs> film. Listen, I'm not going to talk about Spotlight, but what I could say is it's my Thank drug. You. Listen, in the way that Michael Fassbender is addicted to sex, I am addicted to Spotlight. That's kind of my drug. That's kind of my drug of choice. That's my You're kind of, of addicted to finding out what those priests did. I need to know the Kids. scoop. And this is a classic Scoops. scooper. Maybe the, origin, the originator of my classic phrase, um, this, uh, Gotta get the scoop um, in a scooper. When the movie's a scooper. Shame, though, is definitively not a scooper. I'm sorry I made you guys watch truly one of um, one of the most bleak movies that I think actually exists. Um, do we agree? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes, but I actually honestly was like... So last night, for those who don't That's- know, I officially moved in. Like, I moved in to my place, and I just like... And so... Uh, my family was having like some dinner or whatever. I was too exhausted. So once I finally moved in, I'm just like, you know, fuck that. I'm just going to order pizza and watch Shane. And I did. And honestly, I I didn't mind it. Just, just shame and pizza. I mean, I mean, I mean, pizza, eating a pizza by yourself has a little bit of shame already in it. So plus the movie shame. I mean, it just, it worked out. Worked out. I don't know. And for me, this movie looks like Paddington 2 compared to Blue is the Warmest Color, which we covered recently. Interesting. Interesting. Now that's a take. Now that's what we call a hot <laughs> It was no bueno. Um, should we go yeah. around? Oh, by the way, this is Rebecca Blacker Blunas of Classroom Crush Podcasts. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Um, ready. Shame. How are you? How has like quarantine been? And me? Oh, 
um, I'm insane. Uh, but not because of quarantine anymore. Um, simply because of overexhaustion emotionally uh, and physically uh, from simply the state of the world and trying to engage in it responsibly. We were talking about this earlier. I was occupying the dang city hall, just the thing that I, a sentence I didn't think I would be saying, um, you know, maybe ever. That's not true. Maybe there's a world in which I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, the world in which I occupy city hall is this the real world because it happens. We're um, in an actual real world. Yeah, this is it's just the truth. Um, I'm okay though. I mean, I've, we're, I was telling you like I uh, am currently unemployed, so I'm kind of like making protesting my employment. And listen, folks, if you're out there and you're able, this I actually just turned this into like a whole advertisement. <laughs> an advertisement and encouragement for protesting but if you're similarly unemployed and you are um able you gotta get out there uh, fight the good fight so i mean before this i don't even remember what my i don't remember what my life was um right it was i think it was bad and now it's also bad um but i'm just screaming a lot more outdoors and getting a lot of sunburns it could look at this look at my like full-on mm. farmer's hand mm. this is fully visual but it's like that's just a sleeve and it's just a line it's not good anyways um but i'm good and i'm glad that i um that i am on no sleep and then left city hall to come home and watch one of the saddest movies of all time and, and there's nowhere else to go but down right yeah like i love i loved it i had some mac and cheese i really reflected um, it's a good mac yeah. and cheese movie. It's a good mac and cheese movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just something comfort. like comfort, fun, comfortable, and while you just like w- watch, you know, like in horror and like, oh no, what's mm-hmm. happening? Yeah. <laughs> Slowly it's, shove mac and cheese into your like mouth. The third or fourth time I'd seen this movie, isn't that like fucking psycho? I think someone well, should this is, put me well, in hang jail. on. This is also my third or fourth time. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so that leads us back. Do you remember we're the first both time? criminals. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, no, both. I'm right. actually I, sending people to arrest you guys now, actually. This was a sting, a sting yeah. operation. Now yeah. I know, like, yeah. I know exactly. Perfect. So, like. Honestly, take me away. I'm ta- actually going to abolish the prison system. <laughs> this is just become the whole. I'm like, fine, you can arrest me, but we should also not have jails. Um, yeah, there's no, a deal uh, going on here. Yeah, so yeah, do you remember the first time that you saw Shame? Like, what was the first, that's a first experience? Great so this is 2011, yes. Um, yes. I, I'm tr- I was trying to remember if I had seen this in theaters. I don't think I saw it in theaters, or did I? No, I don't think I saw it in theaters because I was still in South Florida at that point, and I don't even know if a movie like Shame would have been released um, in like a wider uh, way in South Florida because we would like just not get a lot of great movies like that. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the first time I watched it, if I didn't see it in theaters was probably on demand. I do think I watched it with my mom because I know I've had conversations about this movie with my mom. So either 2011 is not that long ago, so I don't know why I can't remember. But um, <laughs> either in the, in theaters or with my mom on demand is what I'm going to say. So, 
but in 2011. It was definitely I, that year. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure, like, around the, the, the release. I don't think I saw it, like, way later. Because what I realized with this is 2011, I'm still in, in high school. I, what did I graduate in? I graduated in 2014, so I'm so young. Um, you guys are younger, but it's still a good bit for me to talk about how I'm young. Um, We're all young. But I was, like, already in my, like, little fucking pretentious, like, arts high school, like, studying film. I was like, mm. I'm a film teacher, which is just true. It was just that's mm. the fact of life. Um, but I remember this movie being, like, like, pretty fucking huge to me of, like, this discovery of, um, I think around this time, I was sort of, like, discovering, like, I love movies like this, you know? I love mm. a very quiet, slow burn, like, of a, of a movie. I love, like, these insane long shots. I feel like there was a, it, there was a graphic once that was going around about, like, um, long shots in movies. I can't remember, but the amount of actual, like, cuts there are in this movie is so insane because there's like like there's like there, it's something like 12 cuts or something insane like that you know like cause Steve McQueen's a crazy person yeah you no know, it's just like it just it's oh, comprised wow. like all of these just fucking beautiful long shots and I think I always growing up liked a lot of like very talky movies and I still do like I'm a I'm a big dialogue hey I stand dialogue <laughs> <laughs> We we like dialogue here on this podcast. We gotta we say love, we're pro dialogue yeah. podcast. I do love I do love dialogue. So I feel like watching this movie and movies like this it was huge for me to be like, wait, but I also love this. I love this super fucking like, you know, like this this sort of thing where you just kind of like luxuriate into this like atmosphere, you know, mm. and. Yeah. I realized that I love like a long movie. I love a movie that's bold enough to be really quiet. I love a movie that uh, it'll take chances. Know. Yeah, exactly. I think and and this was and it being like 2011, that was like a pretty I think formative thing for my taste, you know. And being like, this is also like I I have this going on for me too, you know. It's yeah. the sort of thing that's that awesome. was like making my bullshit movies and like writing my bullshit scripts. And it's like, I would consciously know I could probably never make a movie like this because I am chatty as fuck and I do overwrite everything. But like, God, I wish that I had the fucking restraint and the fucking power and like bravery to make a movie like this. Um, but I'll leave hey, that to like Steve-O McQueeno is what I'm calling him now. So I think that's, that's his birth name. Actually. I, I looked it up. It's, I like Steve On his birth certificate, Steve McQueen is actually legal. When he's introduced for Q&As, like, that's what the moderator has to say. Oh. Everyone goes like, crazy. Everyone. Steve McQueen. Like, what about you? Yeah. Well, you, because you're a fucking nerd, got me to watch it. Um, no, uh, back in like 2017, you hounded me to actually see it. You did? Yeah, because you, because oh. you, because hunger, hunger and shame were your your thing. You know, you you were a Michael Fassbender McQueen nut. Um, I don't remember. Oh, you that, that those are the two movies you talked about a lot. 
So I saw Hunger and Shame. I'm not going to disagree. I just I don't think back to back, but I saw them pretty close together, um, which was you know uh, talk about bleak. Hunger makes Shame look like the Muppets. Um, it's it's that movie. <laughs> Holy fuck! I don't know if I can ever watch, watch them that back again. to back. You're crazy. You should go when, to jail, even I though should. jail shouldn't exist. No, of course not. <laughs> um, well, hang on. I also watched them back to back. Okay. Okay. Two prisoners, sure. even though the prison industrial complex must be abolished. <laughs> Where we'll we we'll send you we wherever. To burn it all down and create a new prison complex that has only people who watch these kind of movies back to back. I think that's. Yeah, uh, you guys are like a little loco for that one. Put me in a hole. I, 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 a pit. I like to say I, I prefer pits than, okay. than holes. Yeah. Know. But I also shouldn't um, judge because I'm also like addicted to watching Manchester by the Sea, and I'm like, that's the whole thing, you know. Wow. <laughs> I, I love to be Margaret like, played on my Blu-ray before I saw this. Wait, what did? Margaret. Margaret. The, oh my god. And it's like, oh, I what love, a what a movie. That is a right. that I only saw that. Um, I only saw um, that like this past year at uh, BAM. Uh, they were they were playing it in Brooklyn, and like they were doing a screening of it, and it just like fucking blew me away. I'm like, cool, this is one of my new favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. That's the best feeling, isn't it? That's the best feeling. Like, oh man, I it's discovered a so new diamond. Fun. Oh yeah, I, I I do. It's funny. I do. Like in my little brain, in in my little bad brain, I I do pair movies like like Shame, Manchester, um, Spotlight, Margaret, like. Those are all fucking sad similar and energy. Movies. Similar so energy. Com- yeah, yeah, but they're like my comfort food, yep. which is cool. oh, I get that. Like <laughs> yeah. my yeah. my one of my most comfort food movies is uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is like yeah. like is like horribly like boys being boys. Uh, it is boys being boys, but you know, horribly disturbing and like not disturbing, but like terrifying and existential. Just everyone's just like, I'm mad. I'm cold. I'm mad. I'm cold. <laughs> you saying that reminded me I feel like with this rewatch of Shame isn't this movie so horror filmy sometimes like in the way like A it's a horror film of just like what the fuck's going on with this guy like that sucks um, but I do think there's so many like little shots and like the way that tension is played with that like and I'm not a huge like horror because I'm simply too scared but um but this rewatch I was like there's like some sort of horror like elements here you know mm-hmm. but maybe I'm making mm-hmm. that I don't know yeah no, I mean I, certainly I he has like Ted Bundy point. energy I'd say mm-hmm. um, yeah but I also like, think those like the way the reactions like some of the reaction shots and close-ups yeah. of Fassbender especially like when it that the scene after his sister just sings and him mm-hmm. and, and she sits down, she right. talks with his uh, dick boss. And James Badgedale. Yeah, the great James Badgedale. Yes. The most oh, yeah. charismatic douche ever. Oh, God, <laughs> I love him. I, I could talk about his character and the placement of his character for hours. Um, yeah. But we'll just talk about it for a couple minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah, you were saying. That's yeah, hot. so like 
the reaction shot of so they're talking they're in the foreground and the background in focus is you know fast oh, yes. looking back and forth back and forth back and forth and just just the way he stares at it it does kind of remind me when of he, when some, he's holding carrie mulligan's um wrist and he like stops and he's like a fucking animal when when Fassbender sees it like yeah you're like what's he gonna do he doesn't he's not gonna do anything obviously but yeah. yeah, he's not, like, this horribly, like, erratic, violent person. He's just unstable, and you just... And he's also... I mean, the whole point of the movie... I mean, not the whole point, but, like, the whole thing about the movie is that you're just trying to figure out, what, what what's wrong? What's wrong, dude? Like, <laughs> let, let's 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 talk it out here. Let's figure what's going on, because I oh, can yeah. see some shit that you're not discussing. You don't like to talk. Let's, 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 let's try to understand one another. Time out. You just want like yeah, a time, time out, time out. Let's let's all sit down. Oh wait, I forgot. I should say my first experience. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. You you were standing. I forgot. Early on. I remember one year. I think it was 2017. That I was like, oh, I should watch an Irish movie on St. Patrick's Day. Like that would make sense, right? That like yeah fits together. And I watched Hunger because I didn't know what it was about. I googled Irish movies. All right, Pete Filmstruck. I mean, that's that's an Irish movie. It's an Irish movie, and it was amazing. I loved it. Um, Similar to you, like I I think that was also a realization. Like, oh man, I loved this challenge. Like it was, it felt hard, and I and I liked that it was like. What a beautiful setting. thing when you yeah. when, what a beautiful thing when you realize that you love movies that like actively make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the shit. The shit. I love right. to feel so bad. <laughs> yeah. So and I look up Steve Stevie Steve O And I realize that he has only two other movies. I'm like, oh, I should watch Shame and Twelve Years a Slave, not knowing <laughs> what they're about. And so I buy, them, there. I buy them both because they were both under five dollars, and uh, and I and I saw them all in a weekend. That's <laughs> crazy. But it's not I'm just sorry. like oh well, it's it's like difficult and it's hard and it's, you know it's not like the easiest sits. But I I I do feel like at that time it was formative and similar to what you're saying. I yeah. There is there is something in how we approach this filmmaking that is. I don't find his well, I don't I find his movies not impossible to revisit. And I can't say that yeah, about like I think there's it, it's funny, like, um I love the you know, because I was a big Ebert stan, obviously. Um he ends his review with of shame with being like this basically being like, This is an extraordinary film. I don't think I could watch it again, you know? Like um, but I'm like, okay, pussy, you know. in like a year, like whatever. Feeling sad, okay, okay, Raj, <laughs> Raj, why would I call him that? Um, but there is a thing that's like, I think, I and 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 only watching it now, it, like with the intent of like knowing that I was going to talk about it, I realize it's just like it has the ability to be so formative for like a young film person because it's so fucking bold. Like it is such an audacious, like there is like how to have multiple scenes like that are fucking long shots, long (laughs) takes, um, 
that is two people having a conversation and it's shot from the back of their head. You're like, just, you're sitting behind them. Like that is a fucking baller ass move. And you kind of don't see that and like not clock it as like something like new and sort of different. But it's also like, what I realized watching it this time, it's like, this movie doesn't feel like it's from 2011. Like, it feels very timeless to me. It feels it's a like it's a cautionary tale. Yeah, well, it's just like it 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 doesn't it doesn't like communicate to like that era of film. I feel like it, it's very like it's like old school and new school. Like it's there's so many. It, it feels like a kind of film lesson without like being so like cerebral. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like you can teach you things. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing in it that makes it feel like, oh, this took place in, like, this is a totally, like, 2011 movie. Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't um, take advantage of any, like, uh, niches or, uh, what was I going to, or, like, new trend. It doesn't, it's not a trendy movie. There's no, No. and there's no, like, fucking catchphrase or, like, or pop pop culture reference or whatever. Like, it's just, it's very much in that. It's, like, it's very focused in its yeah. human characters that you kind of forget oh yeah okay one they're in new york okay cool cool oh that's right that's right and like you you forget like you don't even know what the fuck his job is not really yeah unclear except for I he killed that. it with that presentation he i really love did. it I, I really my favorite thing in the world is when a movie chooses to not explain shit to you like mm-hmm. and obviously it's very like, like american psycho well, yeah, it's American Psycho-y, but I feel like I like this, like, but I'm more drawn to this version of that sort of thing, because mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you have to make your own decisions on how you feel about him and how and what you think is going on with him, and I personally, not to be, like, too heavy, but, like, I... I love addiction shit. Now, like, I just, I, I grew up, I feel like, talking about addiction a lot in my family, mm-hmm. like, with my mom and stuff. And it's just, like, it's always a thing that's, just, like, in my brain is just, like, um, addiction being an illness and, like, what it does to people and different forms of it. Um, but that's, like, all shit that I'm coming to this movie with. And it's sort of is like, okay, well, you, like, we're not, you know some you know, these are two very damaged people, you know, him and his sister, you know, that some shit happened to them. They're not going to tell you, you know, that there's some shit between them and their really, there's some like, you know, there's incest vibes, but it's not explicitly like, yeah, yeah. like, it's shocking to see her like completely naked in front of him. But it's like, is that, you know, like, what does that mean about their history or whatever? And it really is not trying to be cute about it. It's not trying to, like, give you little right. hints of, like, oh, well, they're this way because they're this because of this, you know? It's just, like, it lets you fill in a lot of gaps yourself. And I love that. I love, It's not like, judgmental either. It's, it yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't try to make, um, it doesn't try to make any points that are unearned, I guess. Yeah. That, that's trying to totally. preach, a, preach a message. I guess yeah, it's it's I, just observational, yeah. so I, I think that there's a lot of points to be given there. Yeah, McQueen's there, a, McQueen, McQueen-o, he's always observational. Now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it's like, and there, you know, on a surface level, there's of course a lot to judge. Like if you wanted to, I mean, they have 
these fucking issues. Like, she has issues, definitely. But there's also the moments in which, like, you know, you can, you're charmed by her, too. You know, she is, like, this big personality. And and she does bring something nice and soft out of him that you don't see in any other, you know, scenarios except for, like, maybe a little bit on the date. Like, it's very interesting how... Mm they reveal, they, like, unfold kind of versions of himself that he, like, you know, decides on. You know, like, him in on the date and him just, like, straight up having sex, him with his coworkers, him with her. Like, mm. it's very interesting because you see these little performances and then you're like, is that a performance? Is that a performance within a performance? Is that not yeah. a performance? Is that actually him? Like... The big the big example that, jump, that jumps out to me is when she sings New York, New York. And he starts to mm-hmm. tear up, and oh, yeah. uh, and he'll outwardly James, denies it. He's just like, yeah. No, and no, 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 James Badgedale then, uh, like calls him out, and he's like, it was good. Like, he's he's very scared of uh, of showing emotion or or connecting yeah. with on a vulnerable level. And I think I think it's just the mask that he's that, <laughs> honestly kind of like the horror movie aspect. Like he he's mm-hmm. got this Michael Myers mask built up, and um. <laughs> And he doesn't kill anybody, but it's like he's got this predatory um, vibe, and he he doesn't want to let let go of the predatory instincts. So he he denies he denies shedding tears. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's incredibly private because, like, as a survival mechanism, you know, because he does have this deep shame about his relationship with sex, and like, there's oh. What a good moment. I mean, we got to say, I mean, I think apparently Fast Thunder is bad. I haven't done all the research on this, but apparently oh, Fast no. Thunder is bad. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll this is just what I've heard. I've heard someone say Fast Thunder bad, and I'm like, I probably believe you. Um, like, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. But he is so fucking incredible in this movie. Like, there's yeah. so many tiny moments. Like, when... Um, He's really good. When... When he gets confronted about, like, the computer, like, there's a moment where he, like, literally freezes. Mm. And then it's like, well, you're, what, you think it was the intern? The intern? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like the intern, the hard drive, and then it's like, and he, but there's this moment where he's almost like a fucking animal, like, being, he, it's so funny because he's so predatory, like you said, like, like, like in the, in the, exactly, like, but in those moments, it's like, he's prey, like, he switches, and it's like, such little subtle things, you know. Or, or like in one of the first scenes when um, JBD, mm-hmm, he's like, boy. disgust me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, disgust me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're filthy or something like that. And um, it's not like, because there's something similar that you're talking about that happens later on. But then when he's sitting down in that conference room, he looks up and, he, and he's like, he looks like he's being shouted at by his parents. Yes, um, he looks like a little boy, which is like so funny. I think he goes and jerks off in the bathroom. And so then yeah. you're like, okay, so then it's not just a prostitution thing. It's now just like a defense mechanism that is like a, a self defense mechanism that's, you know. It's just, it's, 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 it's it just has found its way into every element of his life, basically, yeah. you know. But it is so, and, and, and it's like these things, and this is just like, why I'm so like the fucking emotional directing of this movie is like so incredible because 
the way everything ties together. Because you know some shit happened to them as kids, you know? Like, so you said you thought it was intimate, it was uh, incest? I mean, I think, like, my interpretation is, like, they are both fucked up sexually, and it probably has to do with something. Like, I, I, it changes sometimes when I, sometimes when I see it, I'm like, she did something to him, you know, and then that, that like, formed him in some way. I think they both went through something. There's no, one... There's one scene that really makes me think, like, think about what you're saying mm-hmm. is when she, so, like, he's sleeping. I think this is after Sissy and Badgedale fucked. This was, yeah. like, he's just sleeping there. He took off all the covers. He's sleeping. He has his eyes open. And then Sissy comes out of nowhere into the room and, like, kind of goes under the covers with them. And she's like, I'm cold. And he's like, you get out. Get get out. And he's trying, trying to, and then he just fucking breaks, and he's like, "Get the fuck out!" and like scares the shit out of her, me included. And it's just, <laughs> it seemed that that was like that was like triggering, like a past trauma of like this, mm-hmm. this I can't. One, it's like his personal space, and you could throw that up to him just being like a control freak who needs like boundaries because also of who being he is. Overbearing. Yeah, but it does like, and also there's that. In the voicemail, when um, she's crying, uh, she says this one particular pay, um, this one particular line, and I can, I think I can recite it off the top of my head. We're not bad people; we just come from a bad place. So yeah. I think I, I do have like some of the, and also like sometimes, like how that sometimes how close they are sometimes to each other, especially like it, yeah. it, it feels odd in like when they're watching that cartoon, and they're having this pretty fucking gnarly conversation and how he's just kind of laying into her and he grabs her like her um her chin at some at one point and it just it all it feels wrong and so by the way shout out to Kelly mulligan i just want to well yeah she's so good in this and there's so many little subtle things she does like that i that i like re-notice every time like there's the scene earlier where she's in the kitchen and she's just like, you know, not wearing a bra. She's just, you know, like very like scantily, you know, clad. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm so tired. Um, (laughs) But she's like getting the orange juice, whatever. And he, she makes him, or he makes her breakfast and he leaves. And like, there's a fucking shot. There's a moment where it like looks like she's like, kind of giving him the up and down like where she's like it's like almost like she's checking him out um but these these little wow. subtle things and listen it's not a fucking you know it's not an accident that these voicemails we hear before we meet her it sounds like some like jaded ex-lover mm-hmm. like and you don't you're not like oh yes obviously that is his sister like no it sounds like a girl that he was maybe dating um but I do think it's like it's it very smartly does not make her at least I don't think she is like the villain of the story. I think no. it really is yeah, it's like they they are two people who obviously well cuz cuz there are things that are way too intimate about their relationship, but I also do think that's like that's a very American thing. Like we are so um Especially white people, no, um, are weird about like 
like affection, I think like mm-hmm. as a culture. And I do think like there are more European, like, 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 I, I, I think it's crazy to be like that naked in front of your brother, but maybe like, like at that age, you know, that's kind of loco. But I do think like, there is probably there's like the fucked up layer of it, obviously, but I do think they're also just close and might have like this intimate sort of relationship on, on a purely like brother and sister level, you know? Mm. Um, but I think we're also just not used to seeing that in movies, you know, yeah, like no. at, well, because they're so comfortable with each other because yeah. of probably a lot of the shared trauma, you know? <laughs> I, oh um, yeah, there's a lot of shared trauma. That was, I think it was funny, I always, I, if I could take it a step further, I've always taken as molestation. If yeah, that's not that's, out of the realm of possibility, that's probably that's that's what I thought too. Like, I was thinking of like what would be their past trauma that would kind of unit because like their, like their parents obviously like were fucked up people. There's just there's just there's just something there. Yeah, um, especially when up the scene with uh, when Sissy goes to climb to bed with Brandon because. I think that it's fair to assume that father or male figures in her life have not have not been the best with the ex with the jaded ex lover Brandon, maybe even her dad and David, like mm-hmm. not all of them have been ideal. So the end, the call for or the cry for attention at the end is is just well, her calling James Badge Dale after the date like excessively shows that she's like. She need, she's she's trying to she needs a figure like some someone to stand like uh, someone to lean on like she's and uh, like, yeah. his relationship with women are also so interesting because like I think there's a big part of him that is like fucking disgusted by women like mm. and there's 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 flashes of it at least in from what I like inter what I see. And just like that first scene on the subway where there's no talking, that is like, okay, that is like, that's directing, that's amazing. <laughs> like, there's so much shit going on in that first scene between him and the woman um, on, on the, the subway. the beret. Yes, she looks amazing. <laughs> Very elusive. But like, I think there's like moments of like him trying to, you know, like, there's moments where he's like being predatory, where he's, where, where he's seducing, where there's a back and forth. There's so many different things going on in there, but I think there's also flashes of just like disgust. And I don't, and I think it's just like his own, his own shame about himself projected onto the women that he's like, you know, attracted to. And I think that that also happens with his sister. Like he's drawn to her in this way of like, you know, there, there is a sexual nature to the way that he is drawn to her and the way that they are like connected. Cause I think he is unable to see any woman as like not a sexual object. And I think it's like, and I think neediness and people like wanting his attention is like gross to him. Like he can't handle, mm-hmm. he needs to be the person that like, is controlling every aspect of it. I think it's like very interesting um, what happens with like his coworker, like when he like can't fuck, you know, like yeah. what's that about? Was it because there's too much of like an actual intimacy there? Like they seem to enjoy each other as people, you know. He needs I think to, like, like some kind of disconnect. Yeah, yeah, he needs to be a little bit disgusted. I think by the. 
prospect of it and shameful mm-hmm. of the act of having sex with them to be able to do it, to just like, cause it's not like mm-hmm. none of these sex scenes are sexy. They're yeah. He's yeah. not having a good time, especially in the last like climactic, you know, like threesome he has, like he's in fucking pain, you know, oh, it's yeah. like a need that he's fulfilling. It is like, that is like fucking heroin. Like it's, you know, it's not a good time for him. It's a coping mechanism. Think, he just, he yeah, can't I handle think it. Like, he just needs yeah. release. You know, what's funny yeah. about Brandon? Like, like, yeah, I think he is a tragic He's a pretty character. funny guy. He's, He's, I mean, he's, he's just popping jokes left and right. Yeah, One liners. <laughs> Lots just, of bits. With yeah. Brandon. I know, man. He just zings. That's what he does. <laughs> you know, Fassbender's really cool. He's got a lot of charisma, like charisma that's that doesn't need to be mm. laid out or worked upon. It's just yeah. very, it's just natural. Um, maybe that's he's just like his as a person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, man, this guy's not the greatest and i think that he does need to seek some some kind of help but damn I he's really watchable <laughs> well yeah. the, like having his friend you know like it's a bit like his character from fish tank so, if that makes sense well yeah right. yeah and i think like it's so vital to have him in these other environments and seeing how he can turn things on and off and and like all of the, the elements of performance that he's um, doing as a person on a day-to-day basis is so important. And I think like the co- like his friend as a foil is fucking vital because whenever this dude's fucking talking, it's like he's in a completely different world than, uh, than Fassbender. Like the way that he talks and the way that he tries to pick up women and stuff, like he's so, you know, bad at hey, can it. I buy you drinks? Like, can I buy you drinks? Off. Yeah, really? he's so... Like, it's just, it's a completely different energy. And to see how, like, Brendan's able to just, like, actually do the seduction thing, you know, and still sort of be kind of friends with this guy, I think it's so, it's such a smart move. Like, I I don't know if we understand him more. Like, we need that character there. Yeah. You know, we yeah. need to see how he navigates these social interactions, you know? Apparently, it's very smart writing. It's like he's, he's saying, don't be yourself. Like, everyone tells you your, your whole life, don't don't be yourself. <laughs> I'm now confused myself. Oh, no. Like, and now Brandon is like, I'm not going to be myself. But David is saying, I am going to be myself. And what myself means is going to be a little bit more blurred and... And David now then pays the consequences for that in this, the seducing women part, right? So, I don't know. I, I think it's... He's also yeah. a douche. It's kind of like Brandon takes the um, takes the steps from Tom Cruise and Magnolia, like, the wrong way. Like, mm, yeah. yeah. Seducing yeah. He, he, he threw it on, and he's like, okay. <laughs> also... I hate to say the obvious, but Fassbender is really fucking hot. Like, not bad. Yeah. Not Which bad. Is Holy shit! Like, the way yeah. he looks at people, like when he when he has it. So he comes over to the bar after David is striking out really fucking hard, and <laughs> David's like, oh, oh what what are what what are what are the eye colors? And he just looks up and he's just like brown. And I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, let me let me. Woo! 
Holy, okay. I'm going to put the pizza away. Yeah, that's like the sexiest that the movie actually gets, is like watching him kind of flirt more. You oh, know? yeah, him looking at anyone, like in like a, yeah, a, just you, him you looking at people. And you know, do, do I want more flirting? No, I can't. With him, it's hard. I'm like, that's enough. Yeah, I, I don't mean, want him to talk. It's a, because it's, it's, I mean, I had like a big phase <laughs> with, the, with the man. Um, but it, it is also just like, yeah, he needs to be hot. We need to see him like know that, know what he's working with. It's almost like, it, it almost makes it more sad to know that like, he is good with women. Like he could have like a nice fulfilling sex life that is like one of joy, you know, one of the, that's like actually just like, you know, he's like a little slut and he loves it, but like, <laughs> but it's not, it's like fully depressing, yeah. you know? And I think yeah. it's like, is really because of the fact that he's so high, we could see how he, he, he could just be some like, bro who is like a player you know like yeah. it could be there's a he could so easily go women. left but he's going right in, yeah. in how um he treats women so disposably and totally. um, yeah yeah he, he's, he's so monster. afraid to be in- that's the thing i find interesting about this movie is because like in like you were talking about american psycho earlier like the reason why we're we'll never connect to that movie as much as we connect it personally to this movie is because mm-hmm. patrick bateman's a full-on like monster he's like the devil what yeah i know big, big, big news he, he's like actual evil he's actual evil and i mean the, did you see how he murdered paul allen uh, oh, Jesus well i mean him played huey lewis in the news and everything yeah. he got that well, jared leto maybe uh, okay well, he's um, pretty cool actually just yeah. at the rose then like what the heck yeah just, <laughs> um he's got a cute pair of i glasses. think <laughs> um but Brandon, I think, is more complicated than that. Obviously, because McQueen is a such is a much more nuanced filmmaker. I mean, he lives and breathes nuance, um, and yeah. he really focuses on how he reacts and the restraint that Rebecca like, strives to have. Huh? Oh uh, yeah, the restraint that I could never. But can you imagine? Yeah. Um. But like, I think. Yeah, I, I, like you said, Jack, earlier, he's not judgmental. This guy's not a monster. Like, he's genuine. Like, I find that him going into that, um, I guess it was a gay bar or whatever, and him, you know, when the dude is uh, going down on him, and you could just see a close-up of his face, and he's just, you could see so much pain in his eyes, and just, like, I have no other way to release any of what I'm feeling right now. I have all this, like, trauma and anxiety depression all built up inside me i have no idea what to do i'm just going for it i'm so sad and so i think that's like kind of sounds like even though this is the anticipation oh man i almost fucked that word up this is the anti-social distancing movie mm. this, this, this is the, this is I'm, the and there's just no social distancing it's, it's just none of it. That's the one thing I did think about watching it um, yeah. yesterday. So, but yeah, no, I think nuance. he's not a monster. Mm. He's definitely not a monster. He definitely, like, in my opinion, like, has an illness because I view big addiction like a fucking illness. Um, and it's so, it's, communica- it's communicated so well because of just like the detail and the fact that this is like fully a routine for him. It's like he knew where to go. 
he knows like like he's very casualable ca- casualable casual he's casualable no. casualable he is very very casual and 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 transactional uh with like uh the various like sex workers he sees like this is it's and, and I, there's even just like the little details of just like how he comes and he walks and he opens the the laptop and he's just like bored as fuck like doing his live sex like 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 his like cam girl shit you know um and all of that stuff is so it's so smart in the way that it's so like like the nonchalance in it because it's like yeah this is just his life this is every day he's gonna go to the bathroom at work he's gonna fucking jerk off he's gonna you know it's Mm -hmm. it's played with such like a this is not a big deal that you all of those little things like build up and you really see how it's like taken over every part of his life you know and I think it's just like a very there's a very good like fundamental understanding of like what it is to be an addict you know it's Um, heaven knows what it's like picnic at needle park it's it's the addiction movies we've all like seen before like you've yeah right hot pacino um it's the addiction movies like we've all seen before like we're so used to the drug addiction um like as the most standard form of addiction but then i i think it's it's interesting to see this kind of addiction because it's like, and it, because it's so taboo it's like it feels like it's more taboo than heroin and Sex. it's so exploit in, in- any other director in any other fucking like this movie would be so exploitive in what any other hands. Like what exploited? Who did we just cover? Uh, Blue is the warmest color guy. He would Sheesh. exploit the fuck out of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. He all he just he loves sex. But well, like don't you just, think he, that's he an easy target? It is, but like <laughs> fucking no way. Like I mean, like people people like Gaspar no way. Like I think. These people who would just think, oh, let's let's make this sex very tasteful and erotic and arty and just like, no, no, no this is this, <laughs> no, no, you don't see this. This is an addiction. This is what the movie's about. It's an addiction. This is a problem. This is not healthy. So yeah. I feel like so many. It would just feel like, oh, let's make it the most sexy as possible. Like that's just not. That's not the route you take. If it was Gaspar No Way. That. Like it would be techno. It would be like, like um, who's the like Daft Punk would score it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It is so like most of the 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 sex and and the way that like his relationship to it, it really is just like boring. And it's funny because I see it, and that is also just like real. Like not to be like uh, crazy, but it's also like sometimes I just like throw porn. I'm just like, oh well, I guess I'll just watch porn, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, well, here I am scrolling again. And it is this thing that it, it it's like it's so interesting to take what is supposed to be this like thing, you know, of sex and, and make it just like, okay, well, I'm just like clicking through and like, and he's there and it's just like, okay, can you go slower? Like when she's taking her clothes off, when the mm. sex work is over, you know, and just mm-hmm. like, like he knows exactly like what's going to do it for him, you know, that it's not in any way exciting. And I do think like, but I think the movie sort of makes up for it, not makes up for it, but I realized watching this time, like, it's so the way that it's shot is so exciting. Like those are the fucking like okay. Sean Bobbitt. Like what? Oh man, Sean him and McQueen. No, like, like it's one of the best collaborations we we have right now. With I mean, he's shot all of Steve McQueen's movies. Steve O. McQueen's yeah. movies, and they're they're, they're just so all amazing. gorgeous. All of them are so gorgeous to look at. They're Especially beautiful to look at, and I but I do think like I'm like that. 
fucking running scene is like it should be iconic. Like so the thing, people don't really talk about this movie as much. I as think I that's think what I look when I run, but it's like of course not. Like I cannot mm-hmm. do that. It's like how I think I'm Brad Pitt from Ocean's Eleven when I snack. Like it's not <laughs> like total opposite. What I was really obsessed with, like, on this viewing is how many um, shots, like, are framed, like, where he is so on the edge of the frame, like, he is almost off, out of, out of frame, like, on the right or left side, and it's this sort of, like, cool danger, it it feels so dangerous to watch, like, there's, there's um, the shot where, like, you know, it's, it's panning when he's running, but then, um, there's a, you know, he has to wait to cross the street and he's just like running in place. And he's so far to the side of that frame. Like he's almost like running out of it. Like he's almost getting cut off by it. And it's, it's like, like the movie's getting out of him. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. It's like he's, yeah, he could fully be left behind, but it's so <laughs> exciting to see him like, oh my God, is he going to like, r- like jog out of, out of frame for a second? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it almost yeah. takes the sort of risky, um, shit that you would see in like a sex scene and puts it into like the mundane shit of like he's just going for a run and I'm like why is this making me feel crazy you know um, <laughs> right. it's, it's really it's really bold yeah, yeah I love it and that's how he feels and, too in that like moment somehow he's working the off so much stuff classical. he's working off so much energy and like um, adrenaline at that moment because he's running because that's like that's a it's that's the moment when David and Missy are are yeah, and hooking up. She's having like some horrible anxiety attack, like something that yeah. I've kind of like. Oh, I, I know what you're going through, man. Like not not in that specific scene. I'm a I'm an only child, but like just overall, just like how he's just he's sprinting and he's just so he has so much anxiety and like because everything all under all of his personal space is being invaded upon. He has no control over anything anymore. He has to like he has to just hear. And also, um, back to the point of his weird relationship, like, his weird sexual relationship with, the quote-unquote, like, either, whatever, uh, his yeah. weird relationship with his sister, um, how him hearing her having sex kind of triggers something in with him, too. And how oh, yeah, that shot so where he comes to the it. door and he's, like, listening, mm-hmm. like, that shit, there's so, it's so loaded. It's so it, yeah yeah it's so interesting I and I also I uh, like you said Rebecca earlier about like how you love how they don't kind of explain it I agree I think it just would ruin it because because that's why this movie feels so real is because you don't get all of this fucking exposition out of nowhere you feel like you are just like their life has led up to this moment now we are given the chance to pop in see what's going on and then we pop out. That's that's all yeah. this movie is. It's a. I mean, I don't like to say it's slice of life because that's usually. I don't know. I think <laughs> that's like Lady Bird. You know. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this is like a, <laughs> a very like specific and like um, expansive exploration of what the fuck is going on with this dude. I mean, and I, and sissy too. Like I we get like a lot of sissy. This, yeah, I feel like I use this like compliment before. Maybe it was on Enemy. I forget. Um, it's almost like we're going into like an apartment complex. And when you see an apartment, there's all those windows. And some have lights on, some don't. And we're going into one of the windows and just like peeking through it for an hour 40. Oh, yeah. And that's right. my favorite kind 100%. of movie. And that's like, that's, that's absolutely my favorite kind of movie in both 
the chatty, like chatty mumblecore-y, like truly slice of lifey movies. And in this way, like that is, mm-hmm. I'm drawn to completely. And it's just like a matter of like how you represent those moments, you know? And I think it's so great that like we see him go through something and obviously um, like his sister, she, you know, she like attempts suicide and he finds her. And that's like, what if like for such a blue movie for such like a sort of, you know, like those cut co- the color of the red of the blood, like really fucking pops. And it's like oh, very yeah. dark. Um, and I love that you don't hear what he's saying. And it's just like the, you don't, like he pops out of frame a few times, like, but it's just that like, you know, stopped on her and you see him freaking out. And obviously like, that's a big moment for him. And, and he goes for the, like, and he, he leaves and, and um, has that like breakdown that is like amazing. Um, uh, where he's like crying and it's like fucking in this little green vest thing and whatever. Um, but what I love is that it's like, it's not trying to tie it up for you. It's not like, we don't know that he, we can, we can hope that he is going to change or that he is going to like work on himself and like, we can hope things for him. There's like mm. the little, there's a, you know, cause it, the, the way that it ends um, where he sees the, the woman from the subway and he does it like, get up and like try to follow her again um that's like that's not an action that tells us what's going to happen to him it's not like well here's his emotional development as a character you know but the inaction of it like or even like is it inaction is it hesitation we don't know like Mm -hmm. it's kind of up in the air but you can the way that just in the way that you want to interpret it you, you know you can't think like, oh, that like his sister's attempt, which may not have even been the first, you know, because we see like past like self harm scars in her um on her arms, like maybe that was a breakdown that is going to change him in some way, and and maybe he's going to get help. We don't fucking know that. Like, yeah, that's just like <clears throat> if I'm feeling optimistic that day. I can say he didn't go and stand behind the woman on the train. And like, you know, try like dominate her. So he's gonna be great, you know. But we don't know. <laughs> and I and I love that. I love that. That like not getting that sort of explanation or getting that sort of satisfaction that a lot. I think a lot of movies sort of cop out and do. Yeah. And just like we're here. Oh, for we have to give him an ending. I love when you don't give me an ending. Don't give me yeah. an ending. Cut me off fucking yeah. mid sentence. Like I love that shit. Just shoot half a movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't want to know what happens at all. Maybe I won't even watch the movie. <laughs> I'm just going to stop watching halfway through. I stopped watching Shame halfway through, actually. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's that a new way dope. to experience cinema. Uh, so what was her yeah. first experience with Michael Fassbender? I'm curious. Like, What was the first Mine? time you saw the movie? Oh, I don't know. Now i got to check. Because for I mean, me, it was, it was pretty clear that it was, like, America's first introduction in Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards is what I was going to probably say. He plays um, a film critic in that, which is funny. Uh, it, well, I mean, 
his character is a former film critic, and that's why he's picked there in the first place. And I've always thought that was interesting. Like, oh, I get it, Quentin. Um, but either that, I mean, honestly, I think his real his real breakout was Magneto. Um, I think that was his break. Well, yeah, I guess that's when he started like entering the like that different type of zeitgeist, you know? Like, yeah, because in he's like, two, like he's he's like third or like I don't know how high build he is in Inglorious, but he's only there for like two or three scenes. But like him yeah. in first class is really when like shit pops off, and this the is year, the same the year. year too. Yeah. You're totally right. It's it too. I just realized 2011. What a year. Yeah. Oh, and Prometheus. That's that's next year. Um, Which he's yeah, great. Yeah, I think Glorious Bastards. I, yeah, he's so good in that fucking movie. People were so weird about Prometheus. Do you remember that? People were being crazy about it. I was like, Prometheus? Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe I'm making yeah. that up. But I feel like people were No, no, no. People are still being crazy about it. I mean, Alien coming in. Like, Ridley Scott, you know, is, he's doing th- some things. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love Fastbender. I unabashedly love uh, Fastbender. Um, oh, um, uh, speaking of Ridley Scott, uh, um, uh, I'm um, on stage. What, what was the, um, The Counselor? Yes, got it. Also did The Counselor. The I haven't Ridley seen it. It's not sexy. Like, oh, I can, I can, I can imagine. Uh, Ridley Scott, sexy? Are you? Ridley Scott, he's like openly against sex scenes, but he tries Mm. to make something. It's, it's a weird. It's his bad object. It's. I would love to cover that. (laughs) Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, Fastbender is. I mean, him as Steve Jobs is just one of my favorite performances of the decade. Um, I, I did do some Google. I've never seen that. Isn't that crazy? Oh, you would love it. if you like talkie movies, obsessive movie. obsessive dudes who have. So I mean, I love weird. movies about obsession. That's like yeah. my other shit. I should watch that. You really should. I think you. I think you would love that. Um, my favorite performance is Seth Rogen. He's good. He's really. really yeah, he's good. good in that. We Steve love. He, he's great um, in that. Um, should we talk about how Fassbender fully lost the Oscar to George Clooney in The Descendants this year? That's great. Was like, he, I don't he think he was not, even nominated. Yeah, no, he was he, nominated. No, he was nominated for the Golden Globe. Clooney didn't win. Oh, Golden Globe. Okay. That was Jujar Jardin in The Artist. Oh, yes. How crazy is that? I was, I was just remembering, because I remember, like, George Clooney. Um, yeah, you're right. Clooney it was Golden this. Globe. Because I remember George Clooney, like, giving an accepted speech and, like, joking about, like, Fastbender's fucking dick, um, but yeah, yeah wasn't nom- but he was nominated for Golden Globe. Yes, um, I remember thinking that that was crazy town, and I like NC Seventeen, right? Mm. This is the this is the only NC Seventeen movie I've ever seen. I think I can say that. No, Blue is the worst color, dude. Well, okay, oh, fine, fine. This was the first one I've ever seen. Oh, oh, the, oh, 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 oh. oh. Like the first Nymphomaniac is NC-17. Then Nymphomaniac Part 1 and 2 I saw in yeah. theaters. <laughs> You've seen that, Jack, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> you all, that's not a great reaction. Yeah. <laughs> you, I not, ate not that shit up, you. honestly. Can't wait to cover that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, who's going to take that? Melancholy is this year. That's a fucking good movie. Mm-hmm. What a good 
like weird so fun someone's yeah. got to write a big thing about the uh, the artist honestly like and just like <laughs> like right. what happened with that was right like that's kind of a weird episode, I think. But yeah, we did a we did an episode on the artist. Um, oh, you did. Yeah, we I did the whole. That's the reason why funny. we did Spotlight. That's we did a whole uh, all the best picture winners of the last ten years. We did a whole. Don't you love it when that. people say that Spotlight didn't deserve the Oscar, and then and then I say that they should go to hell and they should die and also go to hell. <laughs> people are so crazy when they say that Spotlight didn't deserve the Oscar. I'm like. Did you watch the movie? It's I love it. And then they and then the question of went to The Revenant. Like Bye. Boo. Okay. okay. Guess what? Or, you're boring. Guess what you're boring. Right. Right. You're literally right. boring. You think you think you're cool for that one. And you know what? Honestly, sometimes the cool trendy. thing is to do the movie that you think is not cool. And the movie that people think it's is not true. cool is spotlight. But jokes on them, it's very good. It's very oh, good. I should very watch. That's, no, that's I should really cool go to sleep. Watch. Yeah. That's a cool that, that's if you're if you recognize the coolness of Spotlight, then you are on a different level of cool. I'm and sorry, that's but it's Michael Keaton walking around in khakis <laughs> with khakis, a button shirt. Up a little. I'm I'm, I, I'm there for it. <laughs> and him just oh and him with a Boston accent. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. So with know. the most insane little haircut with his little bangs, God, I would die for him. I would take a bullet for him today. Please, someone Talk kill me. Battery <laughs> with silver fox. I mean, he's. I saw him once. Well, I used to. Mm, I could talk about this. That's fine. Mm, yeah. Uh, no, like before all this shit, I was working at like the talent agency that represents him. And uh, once when I was leaving work. He was walking in, and I was like, "Damn, he John Slattery, not Michael Keaton. John Slattery, God, it's Michael Keaton. Oh my God, I love Michael. He's so hot. But no, John Slattery's like ridiculously good looking. I fucking hate him. I love him. Roger, I'm Mad Men. It's a vibe. Anyway, it's crazy how many good-looking people are on that movie, actually, now I think about it. Because they're not, like, movie like movie, movie stars or, like, models, but they're just, like, really good-looking people. Well, you know that I coined the phrase Brian Darcy James sex icon. Because he's an icon of sex, Brian Darcy James. Uh, Brian Darcy yep. James mustache. Mustache, Brian Darcy James, a little, he's like, I'm a dab. <gasps> have like, have you seen him in Debs? Rebecca, have you seen him in Debs? No, he's doing so, a thing in devs. He's doing a thing. I know he's doing a thing in devs. What was weird? He's also he hot in devs. The hardest my job because he's also a, was represented from the place that I was working. So it, oh, no. we do like select scenes. Um, so I sort of like we're basically like whenever someone's on TV, we cut like someone who's a client. We like cut this their scenes and like put it in their like profile basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like and cut some of his scenes from devs but then i was like i want to stop because i want to watch it because it was like getting like spoiled for me kind of because i was like scrubbing mm-hmm. through it so i need to go back and have my devs moment because i know i'll love you know from what i've seen i love he's when he's making a choice when he's making a choice of when he's not making a choice he's doing great mm. when he mm. exists i'm pretty happy with mm. just like off broadway 
Well, I've buried the lead because famously I am um, an extra in the new West Side Story starring the now canceled Ansel Elgort. Um, oh. um, you think they're going to ask you to come come for reshoots when he eventually is recasted as an extra? Oh, I miss the crew. I miss the cast. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but I did shoot um, a good thing. scenes with Brian Northey James. It's true. Because he's Krupke, okay? Um, and he was... Right. On, let me tell you, there was one moment... Let me tell you about this moment on set real quick. I will. He did... This, he just did a performance, okay, of a line. And it was... Spielberg's was, like, cut, and then everyone applauded it. I swear to God. Everyone was, That's like... fucking dope. There was a round of applause for BDJ. It fucking rocked. That's fucking... Standing anyway. Oh. Standing up. It was wow. pretty incredible. Um, living legend. Anyway, Do you I think we'll get Michael um, Fassbender to recast Ansel? No, oh, no, because um, no, because I no. think he's also bad. <laughs> yeah, I I did some googling. It's uh, no good. Crossed that name off the list. Yeah, I mean, Why? like this also happened to me with fucking. Manchester by the sea, which is a movie I adore. And there's the Casey Affleck of it all. And I also think Casey Affleck is incredible in that movie. And like, yeah, deserves that. I'm like my my like big bad thing is I'm like I'm not a Casey Affleck apologist, but I'm like, yeah, he was really good in that movie. <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. it's really hard. He deserves <laughs> the Oscar, like far and away. But it, yeah. like really bad timing, Re- like the worst yeah. case scenario. I do think, as as I mentioned, I'm I love addiction. I love talking about it, and I do think um, whenever al- I think he's an alcoholic, and I think whenever that shit plays into it, I'm like more open and willing to like have that. You know, I'm like I'm like I want people to be able to be fucking rehabilitated and like understand that their behavior is bad and look at themselves and work on their shit. And, I mean, I don't know what Casey Affleck is doing with his life. I hope he's doing that. I hope he's um, getting sober and um, taking being accountable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if his brother can do it, he can do it. I feel guilty every time I watch Manchester by the Sea when I want to be sad and also see Lucas Hedges. But, oh, uh, Lucas Hedges. I mean, yeah. oh, God. Talk about he's, someone he's, uncancelable. He, yeah. he's, my, he's my boy. Okay. He's, oh he's my, my boy. I, I will. Uh, I'll Waverly Gallery on Broadway twice. For, well, for uh, for fucking Elaine May. Like, you know, whatever. But I was like, that's my boy. That's he's my role model in life. I want to be, like, when I grow up, I'm I'm currently grown up. But when I really grow up, I want to be Lucas Hedges. Like, Can y'all imagine Lucas Hedges in a Steve McQueen movie? Oh, my goodness. Don't make me horny. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Steve McQueen. I mean. Can we just say like, one of the yeah. best directors yeah. working today? No, one of the one of the like top three. Yeah. Let's go he, into the old IMDb Pro and see what the heck he's up to. Yeah, I'm also he just did a mini series with I think a mini series with Boyega is in it. Um, I think it takes place in Britain. I think it's an actual. It's based off a real moment. Oh, um, let me let me. Um, no, that's um, Ryan. I'm I'm being crazy. <laughs> um, it took me a long time to really like 
kind of just like accept that his name is also the name of a living legend. It is so funny. Or a dead, or like that a, really funny. A yeah. dead actor. Well, I also think that it, it. I'm not saying this is an excuse, but I think it's even funnier. I guess that it was never his intention or his first goal to become a filmmaker. I think he was yeah. a painter. Yeah, and he's like an artist. He's an yeah. art. He like a, he would take brushes, put color on the brushes, and put them on an easel. Like that's his thing. And yeah. so, so then he's like, I'm gonna. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Uh, it's like, um, it's, yeah. And so once, once he converts into filmmaking, it's like, man, you make this look so easy. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. You know, right? he, was, he was fully destined. I so love this threw- movie. I, I, even though I, 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 um, watched it on no sleep and it did make me depressed again. I'm so glad I got to like rewatch it for this. Um, oh, yeah. I hope it'll make people more like I, I don't know I like I I feel like not enough people like know or love or talk about this movie. Is that is yeah. I, am I am I wrong? No, I I, I, I think, think you're right. I think especially last year when all those decade lists were coming out, I didn't see it on a bunch. And of of course that's yeah. not the consensus. But once we've I mean we've already done like Lady Bird and Moonlight and Fury Road, the ones that are obvious picks for those decade lists. So then once yeah. you, you cross off those names, it's like, well, then once you get to the obvious ones, then it's more personal. And for the personal totally. ones, I have to see him. Yeah. I, can I, yeah. I tell you what he's working on next? No. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, right. no, please. All right. All right. All right. I'll just, I'll just, I won't do it. Um, he's doing, and I, I, I literally looked this up a while ago because he did this great, um, he wrote this great article in The Guardian uh about the real like the really shitty diversity problems in the uk uh, entertainment industry right now like he did like a whole article and just you know went to fucking town of how fucked up it is over there um so i would check that out uh and it mentioned and, I, and boyega like retweeted it and talked about it and he's like yeah i'm gonna be in this the thing he's doing next um next is this mini series a six episode mini series called small acts it's based on the yeah. real-life experiences of London's West Indian community and set between 1969 and 1982. It has Letitia Wright um, is in there, John Boyega, um, a lot of great upcoming stars. Uh, yeah, like, or, or, or maybe not stars, but, like, a lot of people that I've noticed. A lot. I mean, I watch a decent amount of British television, so, like, these are people mm-hmm. that I know. Um, but so I'm, cool. I'm excited for that. I mean... I, I'm more ever since I saw um, when when they see us a- Ava a- um, Ava's TV show I'm kind of more like okay let's just give every great filmmaker a TV show now if it's gonna be a miniseries that show was so fucking good it's so it was good. really it was I mean it was it was hard to watch but like oh my god I sound so white um, mm. I'm not white. <laughs> Um, no, no, me no. and Jack are white. Yeah, you're the white ones. Yes. Um, and um, fucking Jarrell, Jarrell, thank God he got that goddamn Emmy. I swear to God, um, he's so incredible in it. And and yeah, like that was. I, I feel like you, it's easy to get like um, over exhausted by like the Netflix Years show the thing. Years beyond like the, the turn. Oh yeah, yeah, he's. And so cute. What a little cutie. Um, 
but yeah, that was like fucking high, high art shit. You know, that was not just like another fucking Netflix show. I thought it was very good. So I'm excited I think for always uh, anti like give auteurs TV too. I am. I am because so, like, I don't want, I want them to make movies, but ever since I did It says in the Constitution it's <laughs> I just I don't know. I just I like it when they just two do hours put, long? detect dedicate dedicate like five years of their life to make their one film and I'm just like, Oh, I get to have it and I get to see it and I get to say I liked it or did not like it and then they make something else. Yeah. But for t- TV, it just takes up so much time. I'm like, no, I want more movies. That I, but like ever since I saw when they see us, I'm like, okay, no, you can have a unified vision that you know you could tell. Like it can be, even though it is a miniseries, it can act. It, it can have this. It can really tell a feature-length story just with a longer runtime. It can have that cinematic quality that a lot of television lacks. And have that direction, in that like one unified direction that again a lot of television lacks. If they have, if they're in the hands of a director that I trust, yeah. and mm-hmm. so like I'm glad. So like Barry, Barry Jenkins is, I think he finished his. Um, I think that's for Amazon. Uh, Steve oh, yeah. is doing this one. Uh, I just finished. I mean, um, I'm I'm uh, I'm game. If you want, if you give a director like it, just give them creative freedom, and you give them. All the time in the world, fuck, let them do whatever they want. I'm, I'm, I just finished I'm, Mrs. America, and that was outstanding. But it felt like, like oh, it's. I have my queen Melanie Linsky in it though. That's my queen. Yeah. I love her. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about it, and I was just like, like being fed like a like a history class, <laughs> and so it was. It was just like watching a movie. You know, it's like there's no difference to me. There's just like. It's it's a movie at this point. Like it well, looks it's, like it's, bl- it's blurring. Those lines I mean, are all crazy. Yeah, right. Now. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck from like Sugar and Half Nelson and um, Captain Marvel. So they have they bring like a cinematic quality, but still, it's like there's no difference to me. Anymore. Yeah, I just like it. I, I don't know why. I'm, and Mrs. Like America because, wasn't like, like the thing that broke it for me, but it's still like a reminder. Like, what? There's no- I just. I just want one director telling one story. I guess that's my whole thing. Even though, like, let's, I loved Watchmen. Like, 2019's Watchmen is, like, my, the best thing I saw last year. For some reason, though, when it comes to these, like, actually, like, you know, prestige directors, like your Steve McQueen's, um, your fucking, uh, I can't, there's so many directors that I can't, but, you know, <laughs> directors, good directors. Steve McQueen's the only one making movies. movies. There's yeah. only good, there's, that's the only one. I think I just, I prefer them making their feature film because I feel like that's more of a, it's a, it's a start and an end. It's an, you know, it's their, it's that one contained thing that is, that is like a bookmark or a page entry yeah. into their mm. book. That makes more sense. It's like a scrapbook. You know, yeah. they, this is their new page. And I like it, I'd like to see the progress of that. And for some Have reason, either of you seen to... um, Steven Soderbergh's The Nick? No, I've, heard no I've always been intrigued by that, though. It's really um, interesting. Yeah. Clive Owen. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a crazy person. Uh, like, he'll do anything, but. Yeah, he makes. You know, it's, it's, his book. Yeah, he, he's crazy. He's everyone's insane, filmography's a book. His is like. He's on like his, his third entry by now. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he just. So he, he directed the entire thing. And if you want something that's like a complete vision, then. Yeah. Uh, it's like the hospital. It, it's about hospitals and early. 20th century New York. It's pretty interesting. That's crazy. My yeah. laptop's about to die. I don't know where my charger is. Stop! Ah! Let me see. 
Um, I just needed to warn you guys in case I just go away. Uh, yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Is is this all of our favorite McQueen movie? Um, yeah. I think it's fine. For me, yeah. Because it's just, it does like, it's just everything that I kind of want. It's already, and I'm also like, we didn't really get into this and we don't need to, but like, <laughs> I also just like, okay, that's crazy. Uh, I think, I just think sex is a very interesting topic. I love, I love uh, like, and, and, and porn and, and, and sex work and the, the industry of it um, also just happens to be something that I'm like very interested in and like to like, you know, watch media about and think about. So it's just like, it's kind of a perfect storm of like elements that it's just like, this is for Rebecca, you know? Mm. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think that's a good point because I mean, something I, I kind of mentioned earlier about how I think a lot of filmmakers would exploit this kind of subject matter. I think mm-hmm. in media, the way people depict sex has been pretty shitty. Uh, and not because of like, it's whether it be like some of like the really hard prejudices we've had as a uh, society and media in general i'm just talking about i think sex has lacked in this in the topic of sex and how we explore it has lacked so much nuance in so many different ways that it becomes so kind of like it it, it becomes it, it loses any any interest because it becomes so obvious or becomes so like taboo or it and it's just, just embarrassing it's just like it, it can be it, it, it can get uncomfortable yeah well we know exactly what sex scenes look like like we know them of them we know like in a rom-com that they're gonna like mm-hmm. crash into the door and like fumble their way you know it's become so routine like the way that sex is depicted and cut, on it's all like, glossy and covering their themselves exactly. Like they have a stunned look at their face, like who's gonna talk yeah. first? Yeah. So when there's an actual We're just describing the poster to, to sex, love, and other drugs, like come on. <laughs> what a movie! <laughs> actual nuance within the exploration of like you, like you know, sex or sex work or or uh, mm-hmm. porn addiction or whatever. I think that's when it becomes like, oh, this is fresh, this is new, this is exciting. Like, I mean, this is like we can finally have like. I don't want to be this fucking guy, but we can have an adult conversation about this. We can look at like, all right, what is it really about sex and um, mm-hmm. sex appeal that drives us all? And why is it such a huge, does, why does it give us such a huge impact <clears throat> in like, the way we form yeah. our lives, the way we look mm-hmm. and stuff? So I think, so like this movie itself, like, I won't lie. I think it's kind. Of, I think it was pretty funny when um, he has. Ch- he just got Chinese takeout. He has. You know. He's having Chinese food. He's just watching porn. It's just like, okay, what's going yeah. on? Like the phone rings in the background. So I think good. that was kind of funny. It just was just like. It just felt so like. Where where are we right now? He's just like begrudgingly, boringly like. He just has Chinese takeout and just while he's eating, he's just looking at porn. It's like, okay. He's kind of like an alien. Like he's studying human life. Yes. He and that's and that's an to bring it back to part. American Psycho. Bateman is, is 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 it's almost satirical. I mean, it is satirical in American Psycho, and I, I don't think Seamus is, is satirical. I think that's the difference. No, there, but I just think it's that culture shock of like, oh yeah, this is how this dude operates. Just for me personally, this seems fucking wild. Yeah, just mm-hmm. the like 
when you're bored as fuck and like eating, you know, eating Chinese food and just watching porn. I mean, hey, whoever does, I, I, it's not a judgment thing. It's just like, <laughs> oh, this is what we're doing. Okay, all right. Well, it's a need. He needs to have it on and in his like world, like constantly. Oh, you he know? can't, like, can't live without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what, which is so huge when he has that breakdown and he throws it all away and he throws his laptop and like also as someone who just moved the other like literally fit like not I'm not even like officially moved moved like I still have shit to clean up in the old house but seeing him throw everything in that garbage in those garbage bags it just it it felt so satisfying for me just to be like get rid of all that stuff get rid of all that stuff in the closet just get rid of it just because it's just it, I've just been doing that for mm-hmm. so long right now i'm in that headspace but he's like throws it's like his toy story 3 the- when uh when it's like he's putting trash bags in like the college or yes actually daycare that is a yeah, pro- yeah i remember that scene actually because that i also find that very satisfying um just like just getting rid of all the shit you don't need yeah but like but compartmentalizing yeah well and it's also just in the end it's yeah like it's it is futile though like he's getting rid of it in this tangible way but like obviously once the magazines and the porn and everything is gone he has to go to his other spot like you know it's a it's a pointless effort you know (laughs) it's like Um, but it does does show that he wants to be out of it Mm -hmm. you know Yeah. yeah It's the coke addict throwing the coke in the toilet. Yeah, it's totally. the, you know it's it's the thing we've seen before. It's he's trying to go cold turkey never works. I'm going to I'm trying to go clean but it's going to come back to me. Another observation I had um this can swap titles with another movie I love Elephant, the Gus Van Sant movie. Cuz the the reason oh, for that yeah. is because it's the elephant in the room. Oh yeah, so cool. <laughs> but and here it's like the shame is isn't really all that ambiguous. Is like the addiction is the shame part. So then, I feel like you can flip those two. And if you if anybody that's listening doesn't know, that elephant is is a sort of like a reaction to the Columbine shootings. And the Holy elephant. Holy fuck! Oh, did you not know that? Is that I, have, I literally have no idea. Oh. Like I, I have okay. no idea. Well, that's okay. So yeah, it's a it's a reaction to the Columbine shootings, and um, it's about the gun violence and mental health and on. on 2003 era high school teenagers. Van Sant did and that. Is that Gus any Van good? It, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. No. Really? I love, yeah. I, I think it's astounding. It can be very hit or miss. It, well, this is this is a hit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, and I think that that movie has that title because of the elephant in the room, and this is like the shame. So you can kind of flip those. So. There you go. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. It's kind of like I, I saw the tweets going around last fall of swapping *Parasite* *Knives Out* titles. It's kind of kind of fun. Oh yeah, because they share a thematic connection. Um, yeah. Uh, I. Is there anything else we wanna we wanna touch upon before we wrap up? Um. Do we talk? Uh, no. Again, I, do we talk? I think that. Huh? Do we want to talk more, Carrie Mulligan? Oh, you're breaking up. Terry Mulligan. I mean, I think we we like. There's not much more to say, but she's great and she is great. Of her and the movie needs her to, to be all of the ways that she is. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I I, I don't want to be really too works, repetitive. Yeah. Like I just love this movie. You know. Yeah. Like 
I simply love this movie in all aspects. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have a, I, so I, I just, I just, I, I'm looking at my notes. I take notes because I'm a weirdo. But I, um, there was this, ah, shit. I think it was when he was, when he's, you know, James, he goes to James Badgedale and he, and he talks about, yeah, dude, your computer was fucking filthy, like horrible. Like, and there's this, and I think they mentioned virus and I'm like, or maybe that was earlier when they were talking about how there's a virus going around in the company or whatever. I'm like, is the virus shame? Hmm. Is shame the virus? Is he infected with shame? Huh? Also interesting how David has a wife and kids. Never talked about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. And he's, he's an still canoodling. That's a theme kind of throughout is like infidelity too. Um, like the 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 woman on the subway with like you know she's married like she has the wedding ring I feel like that's like very much um like pointed through and like like everyone like I don't I don't know if it's like like maybe it, it it's that this sort of thing of like oh is everyone a little bit addicted to sex or a little bit addicted to the idea of sex you know and nobody like wants in this to risky to way maybe. Now, now I'm just, you know, this is me on an hour of sleep vibes. Just now I'm like, oh, well, maybe this. It could <laughs> be. Is it Michael Fassbender? Uh, who knows? Um, shout out to Nicole Bahari, who plays his co-worker. She just has, she had this new, she's a great actress, by the way. Um, if you ever, if you ever were, a person who watched the sleep the first two seasons of Sleepy Hollow on Fox. She was really good in that. Um, but she's in Miss Juneteenth, that movie that just came out. Um, she's really good. I, I have not seen it. I've been really wanting to see it. Um, she plays the girl uh, he goes on a date with, which I think there's some really good scenes. I think she's also really good in that those scenes, too, the way she yeah, bounces off of him. Um, I love how he's so he's so aware of his surroundings, Fassbender. Like as an actor, like anytime that restaurant you, like, scene is ex- that is excellent. When it's like it, it's really awkward the way they're treating the waiter too. I think that's mm-hmm. it's like and how he comes in anytime. Yeah. Like in, like I, it felt very real to me because anytime yeah. I have a conversation with anyone, like the waiter comes up and everything you don't say anything else. You're just like yeah. yeah what, the what's social going on? contract is kind of broken there. Yeah. Huh? Um. Yeah. Uh. Should we go to favorite scene? At the end of each episode, we talk about our favorite scene. Sorry, you guys like mad breaking up on me here. Okay. Sorry. Um, I don't oof. know why. I just started going, whoa. Um, can you hear us now? Okay, now I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to let you know if I'm like not receptive. It's cause I'm, yeah, like, no, no, yeah, no worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, so what... Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to favorite scenes? Yeah, let's just do favorite scene. All right. Uh, Rebecca, do you have a favorite scene of the movie? Oh, my favorite scene is... I do do love that running scene, and I do love... um, I love the scene... uh, of them talking on the couch. I mean, there, there's so many good scenes. But the running yeah, scene is I'm like, like 
no, the running scene and the subway scene are the ones that I think about the most. So I'll say those mm. two are my favorite scenes. Yeah. Yeah, every scene is the best scene. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Do you have one, Jack? Oh, man. No. You don't? Okay. No. Uh, let's see if I... I think my favorite scene... I think it has to be him walking... Is well, I, I don't know if I can... It's hard to cut it off because it's just like this one prolonged sequence of... I mean, the editing in this film and the score is also great super haunting and super just like very dramatic um but like the editing of the intersplice of him getting in that fight with that one guy uh because he uh flirts with this girl pretty hard and then him going to the gay bar and getting uh getting blowjob and him having the threesome and then him on the subway traveling between all those moments and like that whole thing is exhilarating to me uh, and it's just and the music just really puts this fucking downer note on it that really kind of it's like emotionally exhausting watching all of that happen. You can just tell he's so fucking drained from every <laughs> single thing, every trigger, every, you know, it, all of this chaos that he feels his life has become since his sister has um, lived with him for a little bit. I think that's just an incredible scene in him running, yeah. like the moment he finds that body oh, or he sees that body of the subway, he sprints towards the um, apartment because he's like, something's yeah. fucking wrong. That's that whole, it's like edge of my seat. Holy fuck, this movie's great. That's, that's, so yeah, I mean, McQueen, Steve, Steve McQueen just understands his character like, just so, like, oh, ridiculously yeah. well. He rocks yeah. with it. I think my favorite after right after the uh, the restaurant sequence, they talk about would you want to live in the present or would you want to live in the past or future? I think that's really revealing how the date says mm. she wants to live in the past or wants to live in the now and he wants to live in the sixties as a musician. It's like how would how would like your life be any different any time and place? I feel like that's so that's so revealing because yeah no I, I, and it's a one <laughs> shot too isn't it is it just like one take it's just him in like a two shot like medium um and just like them walking oh yeah Steve McQueen of course they're all just that yeah Steve yeah and, <laughs> and yeah, she's uh, also so good in that scene too she's so charming. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. and you don't yeah. get that insight. She's like trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's trying. actually interacting with him as a human being instead of others that are just kind of like kind of aware of him. Yeah. Uh, and she's also not aware of the baggage that he brings, so it adds a different dynamic to it. Yeah, no, that's a great scene. It's a great scene. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. Well, Rebecca, Rebecca Bolness, host of Jacking Off with the, the, our favorite podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You're crazy. Oh my <laughs> god, this is so much fun. Thank you for letting me talk about this dang movie that I like so much. This, Thank you for watching it with an hour's time. sleep and then coming in and talking about it when you should probably be sleeping. But again, thank you. Yeah, I'm probably going to sleep immediately after this. <laughs> um, 
where can but everyone yeah, find you on the internet? This, this was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me on and thinking of me. And thank you for listening to Jacking Off. <laughs> oh, of course. Sorry, wait, what'd you say? Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, where can everyone find you on the internet? It's plug time. Oh, on the internet. You can simply find me at Almond Milk Hotel on Twitter. You Crazy. can follow Jacking Off on Twitter, which is the Jack Black podcast at Jacking Off Pod on Twitter. It's something like that. You can follow Classroom Crush with my other podcast about childhood crushes, which I wonder if I'll bring the podcast back. I've been too busy being crazy. Um, <laughs> you can follow that on Twitter at Classroom Crush in case I start posting fucking episodes of that again. I probably will, but I'm feeling insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh, you can also, you can find me on um, Instagram too at Rebecca Bones. It's Rebecca B-U-L-N-Z and I've been posting just a lot of uh, cool resources on the Black Lives Matter movement and defunding the police and about abolition and all this shit. And I have a sick link tree that's in my bio on Instagram so you can read some resources, you can get involved. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's the most important thing I'm plugging. Is my link tree and my on my Instagram. That's it. <laughs> Brad. Great, that's awesome. Is it my uh, turn? Yeah, it is your turn. <laughs> my turn. Oh, nice. Oh, amazing. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So my Twitter is uh, Jack A Draper and. Uh, you can find my writing if you'd like for movies at Cineflix Daily. If that interests you. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. Is there any new piece coming out? Any new piece? No. Oh well, you better let me know. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> everyone can follow me at ClayFilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Uh, please follow the uh, podcast account on Twitter at ETTPod. Uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us those five stars. We really appreciate it. Um, you can leave us a voicemail on Anchor with any uh, question or comment you want to make. Um, next week, I do this a lot. The night I always... comes for us with Jordan Crusillo. Fucking exciting! I'm really excited for that. Jordan yeah. is such a such a she's so great. Um, she's such a great writer that. too. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, I just want to so for the last. <laughs> Just to end on a little downer moment, but a moment I think that is needed. Uh, so for the last few weeks, I've ended each episode of a kind of a remembrance of sort of some of the black lives that have been lost and due because of this horribly abusive and destructive law enforcement system. Uh, I try and say as many names as I can of the people who have been killed by the white supremacy that stifles our country uh, and the entire world. Uh, these names, you know, really need to be remembered. Um, they should be remembered. Uh, so in doing prep for this week, uh, I lost track and that's really fucking horrible. Um, I, 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 I have to be, you know, I, I have to be honest. I lost track. I, I try and keep up with the best I can by like scouring Twitter in the news. Uh, but I got to a point where, uh, I couldn't keep up. Uh, there have been fucking lynching, shootings, assaults, and killings all around the world, uh, since the murder of George Floyd, Rihanna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, more and more murders are being un- under uh, uncovered from before, even before the protests. The slaying of Elijah McClain happened last August. It's only getting attention now. 
Um, and that sucks. It really fucking sucks. Every day more names are being said, more bodies are being found. The police have killed thousands of people in the last five years alone. That's really, and that's horribly depressing. Um, but, you know, we, that, that crushing and infuriating feeling, uh, the anger and sadness that people feel right now is like unparalleled. Uh, but we can, I really do think we can use that crippling emotion. Uh, we have to use it as a source of energy to keep going. We can't stop. We can't get complacent. We need to keep fighting. We need to create effective change. We need to make sure every single one of those fucking names matter because black lives matter.